Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, good Saturday morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. If you would like to be part of our three hour extravaganza, you are more than welcome to call at any point. 800-848-WABC is that number to call. 800-848-9222. On my front porch swing. Smell of shrimp there began at a bar. Overnight, we got the news that Jimmy Buffett, the musical mayor of Margaritaville, as he's called by the New York Times, has died at the age of 76. Twenty million records from this hit, Margaritaville, created a lifestyle brand, tropical breezes, frozen cocktails, laid-back escapism. He was also an author, a very successful author. So if you would like to comment on the passing of uh, Jimmy Buffett or anything else on your minds this uh, morning, give us a call. Derek Hunter will be joining us shortly. I'm going to be asking Derek about a number of things. Let me just go through a few headlines while we uh, wait for Derek. Um, and uh, One is that New Jersey... I find this fascinating and at the same time almost comical. New Jersey says they can't take any migrants from New York. They're like, nope, nope, keep those people over there. We, this is the Democrat governor of New Jersey, another Democrat who is staunchly in favor of keeping the migrants out. We don't want them Keep them over there, send them anywhere, but don't send them here. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy, he said this on Thursday, he said his uh, state can't take any migrants from New York City. I don't see any scenario where we're going to be able to take in a program in Atlantic City or, frankly, anywhere else in this state. Now, I find this, good morning, Derek, I find this amazing. Good morning, James. I, uh, I just connected, so I don't know what you find amazing, but I'm shocked. <laughs> okay, the governor of New Jersey is saying, like, we don't want them. We don't want any migrants here. No, don't no. send them here. Whatever you, no, no. No room in the end. The doors are closed. 
These are Democrats. These are the pro-immigration Democrats. These are the sanctuary city Democrats. These are the these are the anti-Trump. How dare he talk about building a wall? How dare he talk about keeping immigrants out? Immigrants built the country. Oh, immigrants they're better than you. They're better than me. They're better than everybody, James. They're not. First off, I've got to tell you, it drives me absolutely up a wall when people use the term migrants. It, they're not migrants. Migrants migrate. The jobs go here. They they migrate to where the jobs are. The jobs are done. Then they migrate back home or someplace else. These are illegal aliens. They have no intention of going anywhere. They are not leaving ever. That's why they're here. So they are not migrants. There are certain migrants right now that migrate when you know they're coming in to pick the crops. Those are migrants. These are illegal aliens, and when you see even Fox News sitting there calling them migrants and Newsmax calling them migrants, you realize just how much we've lost as a movement because we've lost the language. Well, we lost the language a long time ago. I know, but you don't have to go along with it. You don't have to play migrants. It's true, and I have been saying illegal immigrants, and I look at the faces on people sometimes when I say illegal immigrants, and some of them cringe. That's some of the, like how, part of the best reason to, to do it, is to watch the left recoil. It's like, uh, you remember the movie The Thing with uh, Kurt Russell where they're stuck in Antarctica and there's an alien that's taking over their bodies and the way they test it is they take their blood and they put a hot wire in it and every element, or every organism of the alien recoils from the the blood, or from the, the heat, so they... they dip it into somebody's blood and the blood explodes and like, ah, they're an alien. That's the way to spot a, a liberal in a room. Use the I term that alien and they recoil like you just uh, passed gas and uh, you know who to avoid then. Well, I, I never saw that movie. It sounds... You should. The Thing is awesome. The Thing is a great movie. <laughs> it's great yeah. Movie. Oh, by the way, I just had a comment from Lisa about the passing away of uh, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy died Buffett the last died? weekend. Yeah, died last night. Oh, I didn't know that. I just woke yeah, up we just we just ago. yeah, we just played Margaritaville a little bit of it. I saw. Have you ever seen James Jimmy Buffett in concert? No, I I didn't. I saw him twice. I dated a girl who was a parrot head, and uh, so she dragged me to two consecutive years of Jimmy Buffett concerts. I was not a parrot head. But I will say it was a a lot of fun. Wow! It sounds like it sounds like he had a, um, you know, he had had a what it was a failed career before he moved down to Key West and started not a failed career, but it wasn't as successful as a as a recording artist. One thing, and he found his niche. Going to a Jimmy Buffett concert is like going to somebody else's church. You know, like they know when to sit, stand, kneel, pray, shake, do everything. They know it's all choreographed, and you're sitting there like the understudy that was just hired, and you don't know what the hell's going on. You're trying to catch up. And you're you're looking in the mirror and you're watching everybody else's feet because literally everybody I saw him in, saw him at Pine Knob in uh, suburban Detroit, and it's uh, like an amphitheater where you're sitting on the grass most of the time. Everybody around you, they know the fans, and they're doing the choreography, and they're. It was, it was amazing, watching it. But I, I felt wow. completely out of place because I didn't know anything. 
But you did have a good time. I did have a good time. I did have a good time. I would never, I didn't ever go again, so it wasn't that great of a time. Well, you said two years in a row, I was figuring after the second time you ditched the girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. And she was buying the tickets, so I wasn't going to. Wait a minute. You let a woman buy tickets for you? I didn't want to go to the concert. She had more money than. I grew up in in a, a poor town. That's uh, on the wrong side of 8 Mile. I grew up at one block and three houses on the wrong side of 8 Mile. She grew up in Gross Point. She had the money to buy the tickets. Gross, Point, was... is the, uh, Gross Point is the wealthy area there. In, uh... It's one of them, yes. Yeah. Is it still like that, or is it... Um... It's still like that. Do you know? It is. Yeah. I We go back there, and, and I, I love taking people to Gross Point. You drive through Detroit... And uh, it used to be John Conyers' district. I forget who it is now. But it, it really looks like the 67 riots were yesterday. And uh, they haven't even painted one thing since then. And then suddenly you cross over into Gross Point and you're like, what the hell happened here? How is this? How is this? How is this the same thing? I used to get pulled over taking this girl home when I, I got pulled over a couple of times. And the cops always ask you, what are you doing here? Because it was on there on the east side. <laughs> I lived on the west. Wait side. a minute! Wait a minute! The cops stop white people and ask them that question. Oh, yeah, when they drive a 1982 rusted out Pontiac J2000 with the the door lock hanging out of it and a two by four holding up the front seat because the front seat is broken. <laughs> yes, I will tell you. I got pulled over once, and I. I used to give attitude with cats. Like, I can be anywhere I want. Don't you know? This is America, that kind of crap. But my car was so littered with garbage, just littered with I had fast food wrapper. You could, I did it strategically so that when me and my friends went out drinking, they knew that I couldn't drive because nobody wanted to sit in my car. So I didn't have to even <laughs> risk drinking and driving. But uh, there was a baseball bat. I had a, a wooden, I was, I was always a fan of a wooden baseball bat. And I bought a, not a game used, but a Mark McGuire model bat. And it was so sweet. And it was sitting in my back seat, buried in White Castle and and McDonald's wrappers and everything and Taco Bell. And the cop goes, it was winter. And he's looking and he goes, well, you got the board holding up your seat. He says, the seat's broken. What do you got a baseball bat back there? He, th- he thinks I'm going to like, confess because I like to beat people to a bloody pulp or something. <laughs> and I said, I go to the batting cages. And as you can tell... I don't clean out my car very often. And he laughed and he let me, I didn't do anything. He literally pulled me over to see what a piece of junk like this was doing in a neighborhood with million dollar homes. But uh, yeah, it's good times. Good times. I always dated, I always dated above my, uh, my weight class. I always dated. And you married above your weight class. I know your wife. I'm not about to settle. And I'm thank God for low standards or I would still be single. (laughs) Elisa's comment was uh, that that it was it's apropos that uh, that Jimmy Buffett passed the last week of summer. Wow! And so, yeah. No, Let's, I, listen, you you mentioned poor. I have something. Hold on, hold on. This Before, is, go ahead. I, I want you to do that, but I just want to say that if you're out there, normally I plug myself on the show. Yeah. If uh, this week, because on uh, last Sunday I got the phone call from Katie, Joe Wurzelbacher's wife. Joe the plumber passed away at yes, 49. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, he was a very good friend. I got the biggest speeding ticket I ever got in my life going to his wedding. 
It's like two hundred and thirty dollars. Wow! One hundred and twenty-three miles an hour on the Ohio Turnpike. I tried to drop his name to see if that would maybe get me. I rented a car and they upgraded me to a Dodge Charger. I didn't rent a mm-hmm. Dodge Charger. They gave me one. That thing moved, and it was so smooth. And you know, I knew I was doing one hundred and twenty-three, but it didn't feel like I was doing one hundred and twenty-three. But if uh, you're, I want to plug something, it's uh, givesendgo.com slash. G9Y76. That is the uh, fundraiser for uh, Joe the Wurzel, Joe the Plumber, Joe Wurzelbacher's family there to, to help them out. So forget about me this week and uh, help out my buddy Joe. Oh, wow. 49, 49 the, years old. 49 years old. Pancreatic what do you. Cancer. Oh, pack, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. You know, I did. Was that the cat, or was that one of the kids asking the where cat. breakfast that is? That was that the was cat. The cat. Is, are you kidding me? It's seven o'clock. The kids don't get up till like nine thirty, unless you wake them up. Really? Well, we used to get drinking. up so we did early. A lot of drinking last night. Okay. We used we used to get up like early Saturday morning to watch the cartoons. I know, but there are no before... cartoons anymore, man. Sunday Saturday mornings suck now for a kid. I mean, you got an iPad, so you got access to everything you've ever seen or ever want to see. But man, I my favorite thing was getting up and watching Bugs Bunny. And they don't. Oh wow! It's okay. not even on anymore. It's so, like the Saturday viewers. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. This is, Derek, this story I want to get into, and I held this from yesterday. And I, and I have to tell you, I read this and I was a mixed mind. I felt bad for this woman. And at the same time, I'm saying to myself, well, I'll, here's, it's in the, it's in the uh, Los Angeles Times. It was in the Los Angeles Times yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it begins this way. But, yes, we will get to the political stuff. Yes. Yes, we're going to talk about whatever, the political stuff. But I like talking with other things with Derek. Life stuff. (laughs) And here's some life stuff. Okay. Um, Here's the, the piece is, it's an opinion piece. I can't afford to pay parking tickets, so my car got towed. It upended my life. And this story is still, I looked at the L.A. Times this morning. It's still like one of the top op-eds in the L.A. Times this morning. Now, it starts off with the tearjerker and the heart tug. And it's a genuine heart tug. I'm not making fun of it. Just, just be clear about that. She says, as a widow and a single mother in L.A. County who depends on survivor benefits, right away the heart tugs, mm-hmm. okay, this woman's having a tough time. I knew I was just one disaster away from poverty. That disaster came this in June when my car was towed for an insurmountable debt of unpaid parking tickets. I'm usually good at moving my car before 10 a.m. before 10 a.m. on street cleaning day, but this particular morning she says she got a call from her daughter's summer camp. The daughter was sick. And it blah blah blah. She she hurriedly ran out to the car and realized the car wasn't there. She Can knew I exactly be what happened. For a second, if she yes. living paycheck to paycheck and on the verge of poverty, daughter summer camp. I knew exactly what happened. My well used Jeep Cherokee covered with bird droppings and falling leaves sounds like your car. And from the elm trees above, hadn't been stolen. It had been towed. Quick call to the cops. She found out. Yes, she had a $3,088 
uh, um, fee with an unpaid parking tickets, with registration, city administrative, towing, and daily impound storage fees. That debt has since nearly doubled. Now, hold on a second. Three grand plus for one t- I know she nope, racked up some one. parking tickets, but she racked up some parking tickets, okay? She racked up a lot of parking tickets. This isn't something that was, you know, just, oh, what was three tickets, and then they really got me. Three, and three she ex- grand? She explains that. Two years ago, she moved into her apartment. Since it didn't come with parking spaces, she received multiple citations our first week there. The no parking limits from 2.30 to 5 a.m., $63. No stopping, $95. Expired meter, $58. Her limited income was stretched so thin she couldn't simply afford to pay the tickets. Then I received another ticket and another. The late key, the late fees kept adding up. It seems like Regist- they let her go for too long. Honestly. Yep. It got to the point where every time I saw a white piece of paper secured under my weathered windshield wiper, my heart would race, my chest would tighten, knowing I would face yet another ticket. Why? Why would she get after like fifteen hundred bucks? She should be used to it. She should go. They're never gonna. I'm ten feet tall and bulletproof. They're never gonna tow me. And it doesn't seem like they were ever going to tow her had she not parked where there was a tow-away zone. I don't know. Maybe in L.A. there is no maximum, you know, reach $3,500 in tickets. Then they'll finally tow you. But uh, if they do the street sweeping thing, they'll tow you. I, I, Under current law, California cities can authorize a vehicle to be towed or immobilized if it has five or more unpaid parking tickets. So she got away with it for a very long time. She was above the law for years. I'm required to pay all fines to the DMV in full, as well as the fees accrued by the towing company. People call this a system of poverty tows. It has a name, Derek. This is now called poverty tows. Poverty tows. Poverty toes, which disproportionately affects low-income individuals who simply don't have the money for their parking tickets. You know, I am not a caring human being. (laughs) I I hear this, and I I know her sad tale of woe, and I get it, and I've been there, and I've been screwed over, and I've lived... I've lived in fear of a cop driving behind me that he might, you know, just type in my plates for the hell of it and see if there are any warrants out for me. While there wouldn't have been any warrants out for me, there certainly would have been red flags on my car, reasons to pull me over and do it, and they didn't or what have you. Uh, but you you are fully aware of it. I had a car that um, the bumper was falling off of. It was got it from my mother. It was a 1980 Cutlass Supreme. She bought it new, and then like 15 years later, I bought it for 400 bucks. Eventually, the bumper. Wait, was your mother sold you her car? Yes. Okay, cool. The uh, the bumper was rusting off on the right side. It was a metal bumper, so it was heavy as hell back when they used to make cars out of real material. And the license plate was stuck on the bumper, so I couldn't just rip the bumper off. So I was screwed. So I used to have to secure it up. Well, in addition to that, the taillights stopped working. The brake lights worked, but the taillights stopped working. So at night, I'd have to drive because I couldn't afford to fix any of this. 
I, at night, I would have to drive two-footed with my foot slight, my left foot slightly on the brake to keep the tail lights illuminated, so any cop behind me would think my lights were on, or that my lights weren't effective and wouldn't get pulled over. I wow got pulled over because I, I, every time there was a cop behind me or near me, I'd have to alternate my plans and turn down a side street or whatever to wait for. I lived in fear of getting pulled over. Because sometimes I might have had some adult beverages, other times I might have had some substances that are now legal in most states, but weren't at the time. And uh, yeah, I I lived in fear like that, but I was acutely aware of my surroundings. I did get pulled over once, and I was able to talk my BS my way out of it. But um, I was acutely aware of my surroundings. Now, if I were that broke, and I have been that broke. I would set alarm. I knew that I didn't, couldn't get another ticket or I couldn't afford to get towed. And that's where I want to set the alarm. There's a point of personal responsibility that you cannot Uh avoid here. We have arrived at the point. I will be back. We will be back. I want people to weigh in on this too, if they want to. Let's take a quick break. It is a Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Derek Hunter. Yes, we will get to politics. But we're, <laughs> you're like I got. You just got to make me seem like a total heartless jerk before. We no, get there. because I I was conflicted reading this. I mean, she set it up. When you start, hey, I'm a widow and a single mom, and I'm I'm not you know doing well. Mm-hmm. I mean, heart the yeah. heart. But then it's the rest of this. So we're coming back. Eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Don't go away. I banging my head against a brick wall, and my headache would never go away. I got a suggestion. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Nick, what's this? This is Release the Beast by Breakwater. Cool. Yeah, we have some music history stuff to do today, too. A lot of stuff out there. What year is this from? This sounds... Nick, do you remember what year this is from? I'm going to guess late late 80s. This was most famously uh, sampled by Daft Punk for their track Robot Rock. Okay, that's where I knew it from. No, you know from Daft Punk. It's not familiar yeah. at all, but okay. Cool. Derek Hunter is with me here. Um, listen, Derek, this woman goes on to say that she was so desperate to find a solution. She asked the company that towed the car, what happens if I can't afford to pay the $3,000 plus that I owe on my parking tickets? Mm-hmm. They told her, well, we'll eventually auction the car, but you're still going to be responsible for any fees not covered from the sale. Desperate to find a solution, she Googled when your car is towed for unpaid parking tickets, discovered a bill that's in the California legislature that would eliminate poverty towing. (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) you're too poor for us to enforce the law. Critics, critics, and that would be you, I guess, suggest (laughs) this change would somehow reward and encourage more legal parking. This misconception shows how out of touch opponents are with those who struggle living paycheck to paycheck and finding a place for their car. If someone can't afford to pay their tickets, 
How are they going to afford all the added towing and impound fees on top of that to pay off their debt? The tow yards get paid no matter what. They earn more if you don't get your car back from lean sales and accrued storage fees. And she says, uh, as a freelance video producer, she depends on a car not only to travel to different shooting locations, but also to DoorDash. Um, Baba, and it was DoorDash that gave her a little extra income so she could eventually save enough to pay her parking debt. Here's a bit of a pro tip. If you're, if you have a job that you can't even come close to paying your, your monthly expenses, get a new job. Maybe, Think of a new career choice. I don't know. My philosophy degree in uh, women's gender studies from Smith College isn't really helping me pay off my $200,000 in student loans. Well, maybe maybe I, I have a suggestion here, maybe where your life went off the rails. Okay, choose something else. Do something you know, this else. is... Now, that does sound a little heartless, but... Well, but I gotta tell going, you. It's unfair. It's unfair. No, it's perfectly fair. The signs are written there in plain English. If you, Derek, first yep. of all, don't take an apartment without a parking spot. Secondly, yes. if you do that, then find somewhere. Maybe the most convenient, closest places to park are not, you know, legal parking. And they, but somewhere, maybe you'll have to walk a half mile. There is parking. Figure it out. I get it. You come home. It's, it's evening. You're tired. You want to get to bed. You're going to take this spot. And you go. I'll just move the car later. But you don't. Go and move. Oh, my God, but I'd have to walk three blocks. Well, <laughs> three blocks or three grand, your choice. The rules Heartless. exist. The system Heartless. isn't out to screw you over. The system Heartless. doesn't know that you exist. It doesn't care that you exist. It just Heartless. is. If you spend a lot of calories nailing yourself to a cross, you have wasted more time where you could have actually improved your own lot in life. You sit around and you have this Rapunzel theory of waiting for somebody to come along and save you. The reflection in the mirror is the only one who's ever going to save you. And the sooner you come to that realization, the better off your life will be. Heartless. Man, but you know what, Derek? You, when you, needs to smack people across the face. Let me tell you something. Anybody that has lived in Manhattan and has, or the outer boroughs and has had to deal with alternate side of the street parking understands this deal. Alternate side of the street parking, if you are not on top of it, you will be and I have had my car impounded mm -hmm. in New York. I've had to, first of all, trying to figure out where to go to get your car is a nightmare. Yeah. Then when you finally figure it out and you get there, nine times out of ten, even if you have the money, which I didn't have, then you don't have all the paperwork that they need because you have to prove the car is yours and they want this, they want that. You're in these lines of people nobody's happy, you hear all this yelling and angst and anger, and then you look out this lot in New York, they used to have it over by the piers in um in, in Manhattan, they had it by the, the, the lower Manhattan piers. You go there, you wait forever, you finally get your turn in line, realize you don't have all the documents you need, you have to come back another day, and every day is another impound yeah. charge, and I've been there. I do this love is, that impound charge. It's 50 bucks a day. What, to sit in this field of nails? How the hell do they find so many nails? to? I've never gotten a car out of the lot without there being a nail in the tire. It's, it's just a field of nails. What the hell do you people? It's $50 a day. Like There are rent-by-the-hour motels that are nicer than the impound lot.
You know what? You know what? My uh, my nephew just told me in California, it's three hundred bucks a day in the impound lot. That's what they charge for storage. Well, you're paying for so, the view. Oh, that's true. <laughs> location, location, <laughs> location. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, this woman says now she ends it up by saying that the silver lining is she knows she can play a small part to prevent this injustice. It's injustice. Yeah. From happening to other, it starts with sharing my story. I'm not trying to be mean. Yes, you and sharing are. what? No, I'm the not. The only reason to do that voice is to mock her. No, but I, I'm sorry. I I take it back. Too late. It starts with sharing my story. Mm-hmm. You can't. And sharing why it's so important to end poverty tolls. I'm almost laughing, James. Everybody hears it. You're right on the verge of laughing. Look, I don't want to be mean to this woman. Yes, you do. She deserves it. No, I it. don't. I, I, felt, I felt Look, like you, you can know feel what? bad for her circumstance, but then you got to realize I do. that she I put can't... herself in it. That you can do both simultaneously. We've all been there. Most people have been there. We're like, God, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. Where you, I right. paid for gas. Like I need four dollars and thirty-seven cents on pump three for gas because that's literally all the money I have until next payday. And I need enough gas to get back and forth to work, and I hope that's enough. Michigan, my cars stunk of beer. Not because I drank beer in my cars. I mostly didn't drive my cars when I was drinking. But because I each can and bottle is worth $0.10. Cents. It's a $0.10 cent deposit in Michigan. $0.05 cents in other places. Some places there's nothing, but it's $0.10. Cents. That means 10 of them get you a dollar. I knew exactly when I was out of high school, and not quite in college yet, and aimless and unemployed, I knew where we drank in high school, and I would drive around to those locations at 3 o'clock in the morning and go and pick up the empties that the current crop of high school kids had left behind because they didn't want to bring them with them. And if they were still drinking, I'd sit across the field, and I had a nice little mag light flashlight, and my dad had, I'd shine that on them like it was a cop car, and they'd scatter like rats. And Sometimes I'd get a half a case of beer because they'd just abandon it and run away. But my trunk was filled <laughs> with empty beer cans, and, bo- and pop too, but empty beer cans and bottles, and the car stunk of beer. And I did that even when I had money, not a ton of money, but I, I was okay at the time and able to make my, my bills because I knew that I could be in that situation again. So I would go out on a Friday or Saturday or on my way home, I'd stop by these places and and pick up all the empties. Now, you get $20, $30 worth of bottles and cans in your trunk. It rattles around. It stinks to high heaven. But when something happens or you went a little mad or spent some money or whatever, an unexpected bill, you had that money in reserve, and then you'd go and return it. I've been there. I've done it. You, I know what you have to do. I've learned all the tricks. I should write a book about all the tricks you do when you're poor in order to find ways to stretch a buck or to make a buck. But that also causes me to have less sympathy for people whose plan A is to whine about how unfair everything is. I hear you. Uh, she says this thing is, uh, she, she wants to, she wants to do, uh, I guess she, she has a, She's the founder of something called Call to Action Stories, a woman's-led video production team focused on driving positive social change. Maybe and she wants focus on paying her bills. Okay, 
Honestly, if, that, if you found a company you know, that is meant to make money, everything else is, if you got at the end of the month, like I got so much money, I don't know what to do with then you go for your social justice crap. But if you can't afford a parking spot and your car is racking up thousands of dollars in debt, your priorities are screwed up. All right. Like, I all right. You, cool. You nail yourself to a cross. I'm not going to feel sorry for you that your hands hurt. And that's the Harris, uh, the the uh, heartless. By the way, the heartless Derek Hunter. Um, you said you said two things that I want to just comment on briefly. We got to take a break. One, you said something about pop cans, beer, and pop, I don't know what pop. What the hell are you pop? pop? What do you call it? Soda. Look, it's no. Oh soda. yes. If you in civilization, vodka, that's what we called it. If soda. You order a vodka and soda. Nobody goes. Well, what kind of soda? Because soda is its own thing, right? Soda water exists. It's soda pop. It's pop. So spare me that crap. Pop? Have you ever ordered and, and, a, something in soda and they go, well, what, what do you want? I've never Coke? ordered. So, I've never soda? said, you know, may I have a pop? May well, I have a pop? Congratulations. You've made it to whatever age you are now and you've finally been educated. And then the other thing you said, you talked about how even when you look, Derek, there was some of the, you know, and I understand this part. I was so traumatized. By some of the things I went through when I was so broke mm-hmm. that to this day I keep change jars in the house. Me too. And I, all I, the I change. Still do a lot is, of the tricks that I learned. I taught myself. Those were the things because if I ever got in trouble, I would dump the change jar and just cash in the change and have some money. And yeah. I still have change jars and I still do that to this day. Yeah. What, what, WABC. What do you want me to say to that? That wasn't anything. I mean, I just, I think it's because going through poverty is traumatizing when you I are poor. I can afford a steak, but every steak I buy, I sit there and go, do I really need this steak? Maybe we get the, the truck roast. Maybe we get so I, I, it sticks with you forever. It's weird because I could always, I could easily spend, you know, just 200 bucks, 20 bucks at a time. You know, 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there at a mall going store to store to store, 20 bucks. But if something I needed was 200 bucks, I'd labor over it. I, it would just haunt me. $200. Yep. Even though I just spent $200, 20 bucks at a time. So much so to the point that I got a microwave from Best Buy, a brand new microwave. I was so good. I got so good at it. I bought a microwave for a dollar, brand new one. It was a floor model. It was clearance. And it had a $15 rebate. And at the end of the whole purchase, it was $1. And as I was taking that up to the register, I thought, can I do better than this? And I swear to God. I, I swear to God. That thought occurred to me. It, it was just like, no, shut up, Hunter. Just buy the damn thing and be happy. WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back right after this. Don't go away. The Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. MJ brings us back. Today is the birthday of Steve Picaro. Now, Steve Picaro, ladies and gentlemen... The keyboardist composer was one of the original members of Toto. So why are you playing MJ? Because he wrote the music to this. 
This is one of his. He co-wrote this with Michael. He also did the sense on The Girl Is Mine on the Thriller album. Very talented musician. Happy birthday, Steve Picaro. His work with Toto. We're going to play some Toto later on, too. And I know you're not making fun of human nature. I know you're not going there, Derek. Sounds like what he would uh, tell his lawyer as they were settling the latest civil suit that was being threatened to be, never mind. <clears throat> yeah, they're still suing the, I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, no, get over it. He diddled you, but he's dead, right? No, no, no. Takes people a while to come to terms with it. Yeah. Michael died in 2009. This stuff is still going on. It's ridiculous. Okay, so, Derek, we had some calls, too. And you know what? Adam was incensed last week from Mineola that I did not take his call when you were on. So I'm going to go to Adam first because he wants to introduce a political topic with us from Mineola. Adam, welcome. How are you? What's going on, Adam? Good morning, Derek. Good morning. Good to hear your voice this morning. Thank you. Uh, First of all, back to the parking tickets. I happen to get parking tickets also. Uh, I drive for Uber part-time when I ain't got to work. And I always go, I live in Nassau County, and I always go through those lights, and it, it gets me, and it's $150 every single time. Um, what I do, my trick is when I get the ticket, I wait like two days before it's due, and then I sign it to go to trial, and then they put it off for like three or four months, and I got three or four months to pay. When it's time to pay, you know, go to trial, that's when I just go and pay. That's you what need I to get do, something that they have these things that you can put over. They're clear, but they're foggy. You put them over your license plate, and it makes it uh, difficult for <laughs> Illegal, illegal, illegal. We are not going to advocate people doing illegal actions to evade paying what they should pay. What they should pay. The, the speed camera and the red light cameras, the only, oh, well, we're doing it for safety. Really? You're finding the hell out of people. That's what you're doing. You're doing it. It's the the law. We will not for the budget. Hey, if Democrats can ignore the law, why can't we? Just Uh, declare yourself a Soros prosecutor and put one on your car. Okay, Adam. That's right. No trouble, Adam. Now you would call to ask Derek a question. What is it, please, sir? Well, I kind of forgot, Mr. Bosnerly. I ain't going to lie to you. Okay, it was about the indictments. You wanted to talk about the the indictments. Well, I'm so happy, man. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm real happy that this guy, Donald Trump, is indicted and he's getting ready to go to trial. He can't stall all all the trials until after the election. You know, we the people, we want to see. If we, we might vote for you if we see you're not guilty of any of these charges, sir. You know, we don't want you to go to, we don't want to do the election first. Well, I'll tell you, Adam, in a certain sense, maybe for different reasons, I agree with you. I believe that the only way out is through for Donald Trump, because these things are going to hang over him. And there are a lot of people who look at it and go, this is a witch hunt, this is garbage. But there are a lot of people who look at this and go, there has to be something there. Well, I believe that most of these charges, some of them, like the documents, one, I'm not really sure if he committed a crime or not, but... The thing down in Georgia seems like garbage. 
The thing in New York definitely seems like garbage. So you take those on head on. And if you get those thrown out, if you get those thrown out, because they haven't even filed motions yet in New York to get the charges dismissed. The case should be pretty easy to make. Hey, there's no law here that was broken. But it uh, if you win these things, if you beat them, take on Fawny or Fanny or whatever the hell her name is and uh, down there in Georgia and beat her. You know, you might lose in the first, in the jury sense, because juries are stupid and can be convinced and manipulated in any way. But when you get to the appeals part, that's where the real battle is going to be anyway. You get there, you can have these cases dismissed. But if you get a case like in New York with Alvin Bragg dismissed with prejudice because there is no underlying law broken, and even Bragg admits that, it was just, come on, let's just break the dam of of having Trump indicted, you get that dismissed with prejudice, meaning they can't refile it. It's not dismissed, you don't have enough here. But you can't refile it. Imagine what you can go around saying. See, this is a witch hunt. Even a judge in New York City said that this was without merit. They are coming after me, blah, blah, blah. Just, it writes itself from there. So I think the only way out is through with this. And you've got to pick one of them or two of them and charge right into it. And I get it. It's going to be wildly inconvenient if the day before Super Tuesday you're going to trial or the next October, this October you're going to trial. But call their bluff. Go in there like a wow. rabid spider monkey and take them on. The guy's got, you know, every, he should have, if he's smart, have every lawyer that's worth a damn in there and beat the hell out of these charges. You beat one of these things and you've got a hell of a case proving you're there which they're coming at me it's a witch hunt all right that is uh adam we got you this week we're gonna take a break come back we're gonna grab some more calls derek i want to ask you when we come back just so you're ready you've got marjorie taylor green and others saying mitch mcconnell's too old he's got to go and um the kentucky governor out there democrat andy Bashir, is not saying what happens if he goes he might appoint a democrat so, Mitch McConnell, when we get back, and then some of the other things. Maybe we'll be right back. Taylor Green will go at him with a Jewish space laser. <laughs> She's, that's her. That's her. WNBC Talk Radio 77 coming back right after this. In your ears. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. On this day, uh, September 2nd, back on 2006, the lead singer of the Osley Brothers, Ron, Ronnie, sentenced to three years in prison. For multiple counts of tax fraud, he was ordered to pay more than $3 million for what the court said was pathological evasion of taxes. The court heard that he had cashed uh, some royalty checks from his late brother, 
and also that he has spent millions of dollars from undeclared performances, a yacht, two homes. Okay, so I have this question. If that's pathological, what do you call Hunter Biden with 20 freaking million dollars of undeclared tax? Okay? You sent Ronnie Isley to jail. How about Hunter? Yeah. Derek, uh, the idea that Mitch McConnell should step down because he's old. Where do you weigh in on that? Well, I think he could step down as minority leader without stepping down from the Senate. I know he could. Uh, That might be the way to go. You certainly have to plan for it. The clock is ticking. The time is running out. There's not a lot of sand left in the hourglass. Same with Dianne Feinstein. Same with Joe Biden. You have to make these plans. It's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to recognize that the, their end time is coming. And you always see these people who go, you know, well, if they quit work, they'll die. Well, everybody dies. If you can't do the job, you shouldn't be in there. Diane Feinstein is being wheeled around and told what to do by staff. Nobody voted for her staff. Nobody knows who her staff is. So, yeah, there comes a point when you've got to go. Is Mitch there? Two seizures, essentially, is what they are. I don't know that it's there because when Look, his doctors are saying the lightheadedness that he experienced is normal after you have had a concussion at his age. Well, then he should probably stop doing video stand-up press conferences. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. He could have reporters into his office where he's sitting at a desk and it's notes only. You know, you could do that if you wanted to. Or, better yet... Look, he's good at getting things done-ish. He's in the minority, so it isn't like there's anything Republicans can do. But he should use this time to step back and let his deputies sort of step up and then start deciding amongst themselves who it is that's going to take the baton when he passes it. And he doesn't have, like I say, he doesn't have to resign from the Senate, but he should sooner rather than later consider stepping down from the leadership role. Okay, one last question. This one's quick, Derek, because I want to grab one more call with you, at least one more call. This business with Joe Biden using these 54,000 emails where he used a a pseudonym. Now, to me, this is clearly against the law. You sign a document when all of them, everyone, and this has been going on since the Obama administration. It's an open secret that these government officials evade the law by using pseudonyms. What needs to happen the Obama administration, we don't meet with lobbyists. And then they'd use their personal emails to set up meetings with lobbyists at Starbucks inside the White House. See, there's no lobbyists on the logs. Yeah, because you you left to go meet with them. Right. This is a whole scam, and this needs to be – this is the, the scam of it with Trump and these records these all of these guys have been breaking these laws for years. Yeah. All right, let's take a call. Let's go to uh Staten Island and Michael. Michael, how are you? How are you? How you doing, Bo? How are you? Listen, first Good. thing is that Don's got Don's got to speak Derek's gotta speak a little louder. I can hear you great, but I can't quite hear him. So maybe you can just bring it up. Um first thing was the woman from California. Well that's a bunch of BS. Um she's an entitled woman that um feels like the state or the country owes us something. 
go get a second job, go get a third job, you know, do what you got to do to pay your bills. That's what you got to do here. You're not entitled to anything. And if you can't afford it, get rid of your car, take public transportation. Turn around and say there's a poverty, uh, prejudice, and stuff like that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And her husband probably left her because she was a pain in the ass. Her, she, no, no, no. She's a widow. She's a, she's yeah. a widow. Be nice. Goodness. The she ultimate she's leaving. A poor, she's a widow. Right. All right, okay. Michael, we got you. Thank you. Derek. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I'm here. I'll get right up on the microphone. Like, all right, there you go. All right, one other thing, Derek. What? Uh, there's an editorial in the New York Times Uh-oh. this week that Kia and Hyundai oh. helped enable a crime wave, and they should pay for it. It's the short skirt defense. Honestly, we need to sue short skirt manufacturers for sec- drunken sexual assaults in Boston. I, when I heard that, I couldn't believe I could believe that the, the, they were making that case, but I also couldn't believe that the mayor of Chicago was making that. I go, what? Yeah, what the hell? What? What the hell? And it, like, look, when you're you're not that bright to begin with, you're gonna do stupid things all the time, and you sit there and you go, poor Chicago, until you realize that they had an alternative, they had an option, and they said, no, nah, we're going with, we're sticking with crazy. So, Derek, where can we find you this week? Where can we find the Derek Hunter columns? <laughs> Town Hall, The Hill, and Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. Derek, thanks so much. Thanks, James. Always a pleasure, my man. Uh, we are coming back. Hour number two. Norm Layden is coming up with the news. And later on today, Princess Di makes her return on the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 800-848-WABC. Keep it right here. Coming right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Our number duo underway here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Again, joining us in the next hour will be the return, the long-awaited return of our beloved Princess Di. That's coming up in the next hour. The Princess of Policy comes back. 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-WABC. With us now, WABC News Director Noam Layden. Noam, good morning. How are you? I'm doing just great. Good morning, James. Noam, I have to, first of all, 
The story that you did at the top of the hour with the immigration blew my mind. The sound bites. And I'm wondering if you have that sound bite handy that you first played with the guy saying that New Jersey's not a dumping ground or what, what did he say? He said, uh, New Jersey's not a, a dumping ground. Let me, let me get it for you. Give me one second and I can get it to you. But what happened yesterday, um, James is in the story got out that, uh, the Atlantic City airport was a spot that the White House was reportedly telling City Hall was a place where they could house some of the migrants that are here in the city. And so there was this huge press conference yesterday down in Atlantic County, where Atlantic City is, and uh, they said, no, they're not welcome here. And what was interesting about this press conference, James, is you had Republicans and Democrats getting on the dais to say, no, you're not going to house them there. And here's what it sounded like. The perennial dumping ground. Atlantic City has been the perennial dumping ground. Make no mistake about it. We are not the solution to a problem we did not create. That area at the airport doesn't have the capacity doesn't have the resources, doesn't have the infrastructure. Noam, wait a minute. New Jersey is one of these states that declared themselves a sanctuary for illegal immigrants, just like New York did. New York City, they were all proud. We are a sanctuary city. We welcome. And and so you have these states like Texas who've been dealing with this for years. California has been dealing with this for years Mass Massachusetts, they just had a state of emergency there. They're calling out the National Guard because 6,000 illegal immigrants, 6,000 immigrant families showed up. We have over 7 million illegal immigrants in this country since Joe Biden. And you yet you have, as you said, this is this is bicameral. You have Republicans and Democrats now in Atlantic City saying no mas, keep them out of here. How does this jibe with their earlier political stances? Well, I, I I don't know that it does, but of course they're watching what's going on right here in New York City. By the way, 2,900 more migrants bust here in the last seven days, and they see what a disaster it has been for Mayor Adams, and they don't want it there. I mean, I think that's the simple answer to it. Yeah, the, technically they're a sanctuary state, and many of these towns and cities across New Jersey are sanctuary cities, uh, Jersey City, uh, Newark, I mean, you can go on. On and on and on, but they're watching what's going on, and they're like, "We don't want this problem. That's New York's problem. This is America's problem. This is this this has been going on for so many decades now." All right, let me switch gears. Uh, th- this is unbelievable to me, Noam. It just is. Okay, these 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 plans that are underway from the New York Police Department. They're going to have surveillance drones. Now, this is the West Indian Parade. It's called the Jailvert, I guess. It's, I hope I'm pronouncing it's it right. It's a Juve. Jailvert. Juve, it's called. Juve. Mm-hmm. See, thank you. I have to learn my culture from Norm. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Sure, no problem. <laughs> thank you, Norm. <laughs> Juve. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, how do you pronounce this? I never took French. Ju- Juve. Juve, right. Okay. But we all know it as the West Indian Day Parade. West, and every year, here's two things that happen. You have the West Indian Parade, and then later that day you get the reports of all of the violence, the murders. I'm sorry, folks, and if you're West Indian, nothing against you. I love West Indian culture. I love West Indians. Don't, hey, no matter where you're from, Jamaica, Trinidad, Tobago, wherever, this is not about anything other than reporting what happens. Every year we get the stories. 
It never goes smoothly. There's always something that happens, some kind of violence, something. So the police department says, okay, we're going to use some drones. Not only on the West Indian Day Festival, we're going to use drones for large gatherings, maybe in your backyard. And all of a sudden, the New York Civil Liberties Union is releasing a statement. They're saying this is dystopian. They're ripping this plan to shreds. What is, what's supposed to happen here? Well, uh, this is, I think this is my sense is from the NYPD. This more has to do with the West Indian Day Parade in Jouvet, which is this early morning festival that happens before the parade. And like you pointed out, in last year wasn't, by the way, not as violent, but in past years, it has been very violent. There's been shooting deaths. There's been robberies, muggings, even rapes as well. And, uh, People believe that the Macy's Day Parade is the biggest day parade uh, of the year here in the city. It's not. This West Indian Parade is far larger than the Macy's Day Parade. So I mean, it talk- is? Yeah, oh yeah, it's the biggest parade of the year, far and away. They give that number of two million people watching the Macy's Day Parade. If you figured it out mathematically, block by block, there's no way that there's two million people there. But out in Brooklyn, there is a ton of people that show up to this parade every year. This is the biggest thing in New York City, and so they launch these drones. This weekend because they want to be able to watch all the celebrations that go on overnight before the West Indian Parade. And that's where a number of these shootings and these, uh, you know, these these crimes have taken place in past years. And they don't have the manpower or do they want to put people into hostile situations if they don't have to? So they'll they say they'll send these drones over these uh, sometimes rowdy parties, take pictures and video, send them back to the precincts closest by. And that's when the, they'll decide whether they need to send officers over to check out what's going on. I think it's a smart strategy. But, I mean, look, I, I people say, well, this is invading my privacy. Uh, hello, there are cameras everywhere. And if you're in some countries, by the way, like you're in the U.K., <laughs> forget about it. There are cameras almost everywhere that you go. Um, and in our own society, people are videoing and have cameras everywhere. So I don't see the objection, the big objection to using drones to monitor what's going on. Well, here's... But- Here's what civil libertarians will tell you, is if you're throwing a party in your backyard. Now, I don't even know necessarily they're going to use that for this, but let's say you're throwing a party in your backyard and officers wanted to come into your home to check that out. They might need a search warrant to do that, possibly. And so here you don't need a search warrant because you're sending a drone over your house and they're watching what's going on. They're taking pictures and video and sending it back to either uh, the police officers, the precinct, whoever's viewing this. I can see it if it's private property because that, you know, you were dealing with the, uh, with the Fourth Amendment there, but, uh, you know, which prohibits, uh, unlawful searches. And that is a technical search of private property. But when you have a public event, I don't understand how that applies at a, at a parade. I mean, after all, look at what, the, look at what's happening with this J6 stuff. They just, uh, some of these people like the Proud Boys are being sentenced now. And these sentences are long. Some of them 15 years, 17 years. How were they able to do all of this? Through footage, through video footage, and they track them down. No one's objecting to that from the uh, civil liberties camp. That's the way it rolled out. So I just don't understand why the New York Civil Liberties Union is objecting to this.
Well, it was rolled. I guess part of their argument is, is it was rolled out awfully fast. We only heard about it this weekend and when they held the press conference talking about the West Indian parade, West Indian Day parade in Juve. They also said, Oh, by the way, because uh, there's so many security concerns around the parade, we're going to do this this weekend. So I, I guess they didn't have a lot of leeway to then push back and try to get them to stop this. Uh, it doesn't look like it will. I imagine over the next couple of days you will see these drones. They were even, in fact, showing off some of these drones to reporters uh, on Friday and how they work and how they're going to fly them and where they'll fly. And I have to say, it's they are pretty cool, you know, the way they work. Uh, you know, just the fact that they can, and, and they did say this, that the drones won't go near the parties. You won't even necessarily know you're being watched because the drones can be pretty high up in the sky and get really clear pictures and videos of what's going on. And even the mayor kind of joked about this, but when he said it, I think people's eyes kind of opened a little bit wider. He said, it's not like we're going to watch your barbecue and see whether you're putting burgers on the grill and suggesting that, yeah, they can actually see all that. They could see if you're putting burgers on the grill from high up. Wow, man, this is amazing. Uh, there's another story in the New York Post, Norm, I want to run by you. It's an editorial. It says New York City's disgusting pot stench yeah. is, keep, is keeping <laughs> tourists away. Right. It's not just prissy European tennis players who can't stand it. Every single person who visits New York City is disgusted by our unofficial new scent, marijuana. And the truth is, so are most sane New Yorkers. And it's everywhere. It's reeking of pot. Expenses, expense account restaurants, uh, all of them have the musty whiff of a college dorm room. Uh, puffing stoners are turning, uh, the subways 123 into CBD. The 123 into CBD. Is it, is it, do you think it's really this bad out here? You do smell it. Everywhere you go. I mean, there's plenty of people who are vaping weed, and then you don't really smell it. It doesn't smell like anything. But the people who are still doing old school, you know, rolling up a joint or putting it in a bowl or a bong or where, however they're smoking it, that reeks. I mean, you can't help but, uh, you know, uh, stop the smell from that. So that's what people are smelling. If you vape it, you won't even know that somebody around you is doing anything because it doesn't smell like anything. But if you're going with the old old school, you know, weed with the seeds and the twigs and everything else that comes with it, uh, it smells. It reeks. Oh, no, I can't help but notice that you sound like you know what you're talking about well, that's when it comes to this stuff. <laughs> that's because I'm a reporter. You know, I, I, I did my oh, own investigation. A... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it is yeah. legal. It is legal. And there's no suggestion that you, you know, uh, if as long as you're not smoking in a place where you're not to, like you mentioned the U.S. Open, they now think that that smoke that was bothering some of the tennis players at the U.S. Open was that because the court was it was one of these courts that's kind of far off from the main stage where some of the lower levels play. And it's closer to Cretona Park. And they think people were smoking in Cretona Park. And that's why they were smelling the weed at the U.S. Open. It wasn't because you can't smoke on the grounds of the the Billie Jean King Center. It's it's against the rules. They'll stop you. But um, so it wasn't. It, it was wafting over from the park next door. Yeah, it's like I remember going to some concerts in the Madison Square Garden in the old days, and when the lights went out. Oh yeah. It was, <laughs> if you didn't smoke, you got a contact high anyway. Yeah, because oh, yeah. 
<laughs> well, you know, look, uh, credit Mayor Bloomberg, whatever you thought of him. He was the one uh, who brought in the no smoking ban and made it so at bars and restaurants and places like Madison Square Garden. Because, you know, when we would go see concerts as as kids or as even as adults, for that matter, you would get home. And I remember the next morning I would smell my pillow and it's reeked of everything, you know, weed and 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 cigarette smoke because you were you couldn't help but be near it if you were going to see a concert. Now it's so pleasant. You walk in, you know, once you smell once in a while, but it's not like it once was. Yeah, New York, I guess we're going to. uh <laughs> <laughs> We're going to pot, no, I guess is what you would say, right? Going to pot. <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much. Sure. We appreciate you. Norm Layton, ladies and gentlemen, WABC News Director. <laughs> Always a pleasure to have Norm with it. James Golden, A.K. Snyder, we're coming back. 800-848-WABC. His telephone number here, 800-848-WABC. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Oh, yeah, Simply Red. On WABC. Today's birthday, Fritz McIntyre from Simply Red. Always love this one. We're coming back on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Join us if you'd like. This is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. And Nick, you said this one was number, this was on the charts, right? This was, uh... Yeah, this is Rod Stewart. This is You Wear It Well. This was number one on the UK singles chart in 1972. Yeah. I always love Rod Stewart. And then again, if you're just joining us, today is a sad day in the music world. We got news overnight that Jimmy Buffett has passed away. The mayor of Margaritaville. Dies at age 76. 
From the Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes album. Margaritaville and Jimmy Buffett on WABC Talk Radio 77. All right, there's some other stories in the news. I want to just get through some of them. And we have, of course, later Princess Di coming up with us. I want to talk with Princess Di about what's going on in Hawaii, if she has a moment to uh, talk about that, uh, what has been happening in Hawaii, as well as some of the others. And we have a lot of catching up to do with Princess Di. I want to see if Princess Di still thinks that uh, Michelle Obama <laughs> is going to end up uh, running somehow. Um, but I want to just uh, ask your opinion, ladies and gentlemen, about these Proud Boy convictions. A one-time leader of the Proud Boys far-right extremist group is the way that it is reported in the AP, was sentenced Friday to 18 years in prison for his role in the J6 riots at the U.S. Capitol. Another one was sentenced to 15 years. Now, the one of them, by the way, this got everyone upset. On the way out of court, he defiantly, this is Dominic Pizzola, convicted of smashing a window at the U.S. Capitol in the building's first breach, defiantly raised the fist and declared Trump won as he walked out of the courtroom after he was sentenced to 10 years in prison. That's also a long the lines of some of these incredibly long sentences that these people are, are given. Uh, you, ladies and gentlemen, have, whether you know or not, the specifics you have been witnessing for the last few years, what has happened in all of the major cities in America where you have these criminals routinely that do far worse than break a window somewhere and walk into somewhere that, by the way, is a public building. You have criminals routinely released from jail, walking the streets, committing more crimes, and when they are sentenced, they get a few years here, sometimes a few months here. You've also witnessed these Antifa people. Like, there was an Antifa, I, I saw this, I don't have it printed, there was an Antifa guy that was uh, sentenced to a lot less than this for trying to burn and blow up a police station, yet he doesn't get these kind of sentences or didn't get this kind of a sentence. I wonder if you think that what's happening with these sentences are fair with the Proud Boys. And Enrique... Torrio is going to be sentenced on Tuesday. They really want to nail him. He may get the longest sentence out of everybody. I think they want him in jail for 30 years. We'll see whether he gets that. So I don't know. My feeling is that these guys have been targeted. If you looked back at the stories, and this is one of the things that I did salute, Congresswoman from Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greenforce, she was one of the few she and Louis, Louis Gomert 
actually were able to finally get in where some of these people were being held, the prison conditions in the jail conditions in Washington, D.C., were said to be like almost that of Abu Ghraib, except you didn't hear any complaints from the media people. These people have suffered a lot now. I've always said from the very beginning of this, you break in, you commit vandalism, you should pay a price. But there's an entire different way that these people are being prosecuted. And I think part of it has to do with the idea, and, and the judges will say it, you know, oh, you, you, you did something that no one else has ever done in our country before you disrupted the transition of peaceful transfer of power. Is that enough to merit some of these sentences? Or are these people being singled out because of their political beliefs? Let's go to Suffolk County. I don't know whether you want to weigh on this, uh, Robert, but it says you want to talk about the January, uh, January 6th website. What's on your mind this morning? Yes, you should know about this and also spread the word. Search for Sedition Hunters. It's a website. They're looking for new recruits in the fight against U.S. insurrection. This website is being funded in secret by the DOJ to identify and arrest more people who were at the Capitol on January 6th, even if they were outside and did nothing wrong. These lefties are traitors recruiting people to turn in anyone who can be identified in photos and videos, just like they do in Cuba and China like Hong Kong, when they have protests? Wow. Wow. What is the name of the website? Sedition Hunters. Wow. You know, this is astounding to me. Has there ever been a website put up to try to find these guys in Antifa by the DOJ? Not that I know of. Not that I know of. I haven't found one yet. And here's what else happens. You look in city after city, and these guys on the left are being rewarded with millions of dollars. What do they do? After they arrested, they file suit, saying that they were improperly subjected to police violence and so forth. And in city after city, we can pull up the stories if we need be. A lot of these people are being on the left are being rewarded with millions of dollars in settlement money. So they protest, they riot. Not only do they not have to serve in jail, but then their organizations and them, and they personally are rewarded with millions of dollars. Meanwhile, these guys from J6 are going to be spending decades collectively, decades and decades in jail. And this is all happening right in clear view of public day with almost no objection. It's astounding to me. Thank you for the call, and thank you for that heads-up, Robert and Suffolk. Tom in Woodbridge, New Jersey, you're on WABC. How are you, Tom? Yes, good morning. How are you? Uh, so basically, just with regard to what you said, with regard to uh, being targeted uh, politically, really, uh, through the judicial system and the weaponization of our judici- judiciary branch of government 
for the purpose of persecuting, not prosecuting, but persecuting people for the political beliefs. Trump is just simply an example, exemplary, uh, exemplary figure with regard to how our judicial system is being transformed to target people for political reasons. And I've said this before on your show, and I want to stress it again because it bears repeating. It is a Pandora's box when you unleash the judicial system and all these alphabet soup agencies, uh, FBI, ATF, BATF, uh, all these alphabet, uh, alphabet soup agencies to target people for political reasons. Because once you start doing that, I don't care who it is, whether it's the president of the United States or the sanitation worker down the block, once you start doing that, it's only a matter of time because it becomes, before it becomes, routine and everyone is subjected to the same treatment. That's how police states work. Police states start off by targeting selected minorities who are marginalized, selected minorities who are politically excluded from the mainstream, but eventually the same treatment extends to the entire population. Now, I want you, Tom, to take a second and just listen to an edit. I'm going to read from an editorial that was uh, published yesterday in the Los Angeles Times. And get this. And I do this to contrast with what you're saying. Here's the editorial headline. Republicans are weaponizing Congress, congressional oversight. That's the head. Republicans are weaponizing congressional oversight to thwart Trump prosecution. So they go on to say that it's these evil Republicans who are trying to stop the, the prosecution of Donald Trump by suggesting that they might defund the special counsel, Jack Smith. And so this is what they consider the problem, that Republicans in Congress are actually upset over these prosecutions. And and now, by the way, it's not going to happen. Republicans are doing what they usually do, which is just talking, 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 Kevin's out there talking again today about impeachment, but nothing ever gets done. But the concern on the left is that it's Congress, these Republicans that are weaponizing things in order to stop the Democrats from rightly taking out Donald Trump. Let me get your reaction to that. I think that's really the pot calling the kettle black. I think they're doing a little bit of a demonstration of uh, what's known in psychology as psychology projection. That is to say that uh, something you're guilty of, you project it onto someone else. Um, but, you know, I don't want to I don't want to actually get uh, distracted with regard to uh, partisanship in terms of political motivation. Uh, don't get me wrong. It would be just as wrong, just as evil and just as illegal if. The Republicans, and if people of a conservative bent were doing the same thing to leftists, but say it again. No, no, say that again. Say it again. Okay. Yes. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not being partisan when I say that politicization and weaponization of the judicial system is evil, because it would be just as evil if the Republicans and the conservatives were doing the same thing to leftists in the United States. Now that being said. The same way that people are now being targeted for political beliefs on the right end of the spectrum, believe me, the same thing is going to happen to those same leftists who are now persecuting 
Trump supporters, people on the right, etc. The same treatment is going to happen to them. And if you don't believe me, I want to give you a concrete example. I know you're familiar with BDS, or Boycott, Divestiture, and Sanctions. Yes. Correct? Yes, yes. BDS is extremely popular on college campuses these days. But never, and many people who are neoconservatives, and neoconservatives hold sway in our government in both parties. Many people who have neoconservative bent view BDS as a uh, existential threat to Israel and uh, you know Zionist hegemony in the Middle East. And people who hold in neoconservative uh, power in the United States are prominent in the Pentagon and the State Department, including Anthony Blinken. Now, that being said, what makes you think? That if BDS is such a potent force in American uh, universities and gaining traction in the Democratic Party, what makes you think that the State Department and the Pentagon and the uh, military industrial complex in this country won't target people who are on the left, who are supporters of BDS with the same sort of tactics that are now being deployed against Trump supporters? Think about that. Tom, I think you ought to write a book if you haven't already. Uh, you are enunciating some really clear thinking on these topics, and this one in particular. And I love what you said about it because this is a point that we need to stress. It, it this is not about partisan. This is about respect for the rule of law in any society. When the rule of law is no longer viewed as something that should be upheld. When people have suspicions, and I would say the same thing applies to elections, when you shake the faith in the rule of law that that it is no longer just, when people believe elections are no longer fair, you are weakening the pillars of your entire society. And that is what is at stake here. The pillars of the American Republic are being shaken by this partisan weaponization. And the answer is not to retaliate by doing the same thing. I think, though, there does have to be a political response to what the Democrats are doing. i got to take a break. I want you to hold on, Tom, because I want to ask you about that. What are Republicans supposed to do here? So just think about that, Tom. Don't go away. We're going to continue with this with you when we get back. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, on WABC. It's the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. 800-848-WABC. Oh, yeah. It's time. Oh. Oh. Oh, that one hurt. Uh, Yes, out of the chair, moving the body. We're halfway through the show. Halfway through the morning extravaganza here, our radio extravaganza, Saturday morning on WABC. Where we do the morning dance, we stretch it out, we get up, we move the body, we groove the body. With Spyro Gyra and 
the morning dance. This kind of has that margarita tropical feel to it, right? Yeah, I can see some parrot heads vibing to this. Yeah. I always love, I love this song. I never get tired of hearing it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, let's continue with Tom. Tom, I asked you a question before we went to break. See, I believe, Tom, there has to be a political response to this. I do not want to see Democrats brought up on phony charges, make-believe, but I do think that there has to be a political response to what we have seen with these indictments of Trump, and not just Trump. The message is being sent if you work for a Republican that we don't like. And by the way, they did this with George Bush 43, too. After the, the Bush administration ended, there was a boycott move on from the left that people should not hire anyone that worked in the administration of George Bush 43. That escalated with Donald Trump. And now what they're also trying to do is criminalize his lawyers, criminalize anybody that worked for him in the capacity that they can get them at. I can tell you stories of people that names have not made the papers who are facing charges, for instance, because they were fundraisers for Donald Trump. But I don't get into all that in the weed stuff. What do you think is the proper political response here, Tom? Uh, I think in order to <clears throat> in order to elevate this uh, conversation beyond politics, uh, beyond partisanship, the Republican leadership, uh, not just the uh, you know the patriot wing uh, represented by people like Marjorie Taylor uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, but also uh, you know Kevin uh, Kevin McCartney, uh, they should be uh, united and reach across the aisle and appeal to Democrats on a. Uh, on a bipartisanship, bipartisan basis, to let them know that again, this is something of the utmost importance. When you're looking at Hunter Biden, a degenerate drug addict who's actually had palpable, tangible criminal activity connected to his father, who is now president of the United States, he, he did these things while Joe Biden was a vice president. But nevertheless, he used his father's name to. I mean, we all know the story. We, we all know the story. We're familiar with Burisma. We're familiar with all the various. Uh, real criminal activity that Hunter Biden was engaged in. I would reach across the aisle to Democrats and appeal to them on a bipartisanship, bipartisan basis and tell them that, listen, when there is objective criminal activity that needs to be investigated and prosecuted, we should unite together as Americans, not as Republicans or Democrats and as liberals or conservatives, but as Americans to make sure that the sacrosanct uh, rule of law is preserved. That's what they should be doing right now, more than anything else. And when they make their public appeals, they should stress those public appeals on that basis, that we are not doing this out of partisanship, but we should you know, stretch, reach across the aisle uh, to your fellow Americans on a, on a non-political basis and tell them, listen, the rule of law, our ju an independent judiciary is the foundational premise on which our government functions, and it is in, in everyone's interest whatever your political persuasion is, or if you are non-political, it does not matter. The rule of law is a shield 
against government overreach and government tyranny to protect the ordinary citizen from the things that I just mentioned, from governmental abuses uh, from which the ordinary citizen cannot defend himself against without the rule of law. That's what the Republicans should be doing right now, reaching across the aisle on a bipartisan basis to objectively persecute political corruption and a bona fide criminal activity where it exists, no matter who's perpetrating it. Now, and if I may, one final. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Here's the problem with that. Republicans reach across the aisle and they're going to get told KMA. And that's it, because we are in partisan times where the Democrats will circle the wagons and they will not. I don't care. Look, we have, as you said, the evidence is overwhelming that corruption occurred here. Any Democrat worth their solve that was truly interested in the rule of law will have said, look, this is wrong and we need, and it, and it needs to be addressed. You don't, you may find one or two that actually said, hmm, this is concerning. But as a party, they have circled the wagons. They do not care about this. This is a political weapon that they are going to use these indictments to bludgeon Trump. Meanwhile, it is not just the Democrats. It is also the mainstream media that refuses to even cover in detail the nature of the corruption of Joe Biden and his family. I'm going to give you the last word and, and bring up your, your, the other point you wanted to make, please. Okay, very quickly, because I know we're pressed for time. Uh, so basically, uh, two final things I want to mention. With regard to your uh, point, with regard to media uh, corruption and uh, the media partisanship, you're absolutely right. The media is squarely in the pocket of the Democratic Party and extreme cultural Marxist ideology. That being said, I want to propose a solution, because I don't like to point out problems without actually pointing out solutions. One thing that should be done under a new Republican administration, I don't care who it is, is to aggressively use the Justice Department to use the Sherman antitrust laws to break up these mega media corporations into smaller entities and foster competition in the media space. Because right now we do not have uh, a broad based eclectic political spectrum of opinion in the mass media. It is very monolithic. It is very tendentious in the corner of leftist ideology. That's number one. And number two, in regard to actually uh, going into more detail than uh, can possibly be serviced in a 10-minute phone call to a radio program uh, on a Saturday morning, uh, I want to point out a gentleman who actually is uh, much more articulate, much more uh, better informed than I could ever be. His name is Dr. Uh, Paul Craig Roberts. He used to serve in the Reagan administration, first Reagan administration uh, in the Treasury Department. Now, he's his forte, his academic training is in, as an economist, but he writes extensively on the political persecution of people for political reasons by the judiciary right now that's right now going on and contemporary in American society. Again, check him out. It's Dr. Paul Craig Roberts. You can find him at paulcraigroberts.org. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call, Tom. Brilliant call. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We've got more calls. We've got more news. And remember, our beloved princess died just again in the next hour. So keep it here. Our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Billy Preston takes us in. Heavenly birthday today for Billy Preston.
The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. We mentioned before we went into the break that today is the heavenly birthday of Billy Preston. This is Billy Preston and Sarita Wright. Billy Preston worked with the Beatles. He worked with Little Richard, Sam Cooke, Ray Charles, a stellar musician. Sarita Wright married to Stevie Wonder early on. I think she was Stevie's first wife. Sarita is one of the most amazing lyricists on, she was on the planet. You listen to some of the songs that she co-wrote with Stevie. And Stevie produced her first album. Not only a beautiful voice, but Sarita was an exceptional lyricist, an exceptional writer. Speaking of songwriters, our very own Miss Churchill, one of America's premier songwriters, is also quite up to speed on the politics. She says it's all because the 2020 election was rigged. That's what she says. She says she truly believes it. It was a complete job. The only way they'll keep the story from really being uncovered is to make it too dangerous to say anything or do anything in protest and anything that has to do with Trump. They're trying to make Trump the third rail, not because he is, but because if they don't take him out, the real story of, I guess you say, the elections might get out. And you, I believe, are so on to it. Let's go back, my friends, to the telephones. We haven't heard from our dear friend Christine in quite some time. Christine, welcome. Thank you for holding. How are you? Uh, well, we have enough man. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, well, I get to do this the first time as the executive director of media and communications for the new group LGBTS United, a group of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transsexuals to come together to fight all aspects of the queer gender ideology. Of course, that's protecting women's spaces and the kids. And um, we have some new laws here in Connecticut and in the tri-state area, James. They're going to have a negative impact on the children, and uh, I'd like to bring some to light for you. Go ahead. Well, uh, well, first of all, what I want to look on the New York Department of Education website to check out if they do have public testimony. I saw something in the June meeting that said they're going to have a, um, they're all for in favor of, Withholding information when a child comes to a school official about gender confusion from the parents. And then the Massachusetts Attorney General, Andrea Joy Campbell, um, led a coalition of an amicus brief 
about that same thing that Leticia James joined in, as well as the AG in New Jersey and here in Connecticut with William Tong. So 16 states are all in favor. And this is dangerous hiding gender confusion from kids because that goes down the road of life-altering medication. And we're going to do this without parents. And also in Connecticut, state law, James, yesterday, and our public schools mandates from grades 3 to 12 that feminine products are going to be put into the bathrooms, not only the girls' rooms, the gender-neutral rooms, but the boys' bathrooms, too. And this is an unfunded mandate to the municipalities. This is an awful message, and we're, we're just poisoning kids' minds. And unfortunately, their bodies are going to get poisoned, too, James. Well, you know what? Also, in California... Uh, there's the AG there is suing the Chino district and other districts over this issue of parental notification. They believe that the parents have no right to know what's going on with the children. If your children declares themselves to be, uh, a, a other gender than their biological gender, it, that, that the state has every right to keep it from the parents. And this is pernicious. It is dangerous. And in fact, there was a lawsuit out uh, that was settled. This we don't have the story in front of me, where a parent successfully sued over this lack of information from the school system. It's, it's astounding. Go ahead, Christine. Have a good day. Thank you, and we look forward to hearing more about your new group and what you're doing, Rick in Elmwood well, Park. I'm... How are you, Rick? Good, James. Self. We got good news today. They put the halt on the Ocean Wind Farm Project till 2026. Whoa! Whoa! This is big. Now tell folks about this project that don't know what you're talking about. It's the Wind Farm Project for South Jersey. The bird and bat and whale and dolphin murdering project. And it has been put on hold. Yep. How did you, when did you get that news? Last night, um, big thanks to Congressman Jeff Van Drew, Senators Vince Palestina, and Michael Testa, who, who helped along with South Jersey Shore residents to protest the wind farms. Now, this is really great news. My friends, we talked about this uh, earlier in the week, too. There have been so many whale deaths. And people are wondering if, and I don't know whether or not this is the case, but people have been wondering if these wind farms are related to the increased number of whale deaths. And I said earlier in the week, remember when liberals and environmentalists wanted to save the whales? That's all we heard years ago, save the whales, save the whales. It was like, save the polar bear, save the whales. And all of a sudden, you have these whale deaths increasing, and it is people on the right saying, save the whales, stop this. We need to figure out what's going on. And the left are just, no, 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 no. We have to march down this green energy road no matter what the impact. No wonder, no matter what the impact on avian life. And the number of birds that are being killed around the country not just by these wind farms, but by solar. What happens is these birds fly over these massive solar arrays, and they're being burned to a crisp. 
And this is happening by the tens of thousands. And yet, our environmentalist friends don't care which. So congratulations. This wind project stopped in southern New Jersey. James Golden, coming up on hour number three, hour number two in the can. On our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, 800-848-WABC. If you want to take part in the final third hour, Princess Die coming up. The return of Princess Die. So don't go away. Coming right back. Number three starts right now for our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Glad you are here with us. Telephone number 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And something unusual happened during the break. Yours truly, your host, was accused of being a kook. And the Countess of Conspiracy. I couldn't believe it myself. The Countess of Conspiracy, who has alerted the world to the dangers of chemtrails, of 5G towers, and who yesterday we cited an article in the first hour that that, uh, she sent me, which was a dead-on article out of the Epic Times, that you probably didn't see or won't see anywhere else about the number of deaths that are being recorded on death certificate cause of death COVID vaccinations. We had that story for you yesterday, courtesy of the Countess of Conspiracy, who made sure to get it to me early. But during the top of the hour news break, the Countess of Conspiracy questioned whether I was a kook. She asked me, since when, Mr. Kook, has the sun fried birds? I'm not making this up, Countess. If you have these large arrays of sun panels, these solar panels, and in some cases they are out, particularly where energy companies have put them up, where you have these this massive acreage of solar panels, what do solar panels do? They trap the energy coming from the sun. They also radiate energy. It's like if you are on asphalt, for instance, blacktop, In certain areas where you get a lot of sun, the temperature could be up to 10 degrees higher just from the asphalt. Now, you think about these solar panels. And what happens when you put thousands and thousands of them in one place? That is a tremendous 
tremendous capture of energy, of solar energy. And what happens to the poor little birds when the birds, doing their normal migration, they used to, you know, travel here, there, and everywhere, unfettered, unless, of course, there were bigger birds that preyed on them in the sky. And the little poor, defenseless birds who don't know to look down and say, oh, gee, the humans have put out solar arrays over there. We should not fly over that area. The poor little birds fly, and if they're down too low, they get fried. I'm making this up. Avian life, between that and the wind, these solar wind factories, the solar wind factories have killed thousands of birds. But so have these solar arrays. And the left, the environmentalists, eh, not a word, not a peep. Solar panels killing bird, maybe there's more to it. Oh, goodness gracious. They're all over Florida, haven't seen the birds fried. Um, yeah, you're not likely to see the birds frying unless you're monitoring them, monitoring the sky. Uh, you don't have to believe me. Look it up. Look it up. Uh, this is what I go through. Now I'm being accused of being a kook. Joe Biden has plans. They're going to spend millions of your, I can't believe the Countess of Conspiracy is calling me a kook because I'm concerned about not just avian life, but the whales. And I want to save the whales. Okay. The Biden administration spending $12 billion of your dollars so that auto manufacturers Auto manufacturers, the poor auto manufacturers, have enough money to retrofit their plants to produce more what? Electric vehicles and hybrids. That was announced during the week. So auto manufacturers, they make billions of dollars, are too poor to retrofit their own factories to make cars that they will sell So the Biden administration wants to give them $12 billion, $12 billion. We have people in the streets, literally, in this country. We have like that poor woman that we talked about in the first hour from California who can't afford to pay her parking tickets. And now she's in desperate straits. We have people all over this country. We have hungry people. We have starving people. We have people laying on the streets. And yet, the two things that Joe Biden seems most concerned with is making sure that Ukrainians have enough billions to keep up the war with Russia and that car manufacturers here in the United States who earn billions of dollars in profit have more billions so that they can retrofit 
their plants to stop making gas vehicles so that they can make electric cars, which, by the way, need fossil fuel to power them. Meanwhile, Daily Mail has this story. Electric vehicles are often deemed the future of transport with titans like Ford and Tesla racing to make them. But a new study reveals that more macho men may not see this the same way. They have a bizarre belief. These macho men, if you're a macho man out there, if you're a manly man, manly man, you are just being called bizarre by the Daily Mail. A new study reveals that more macho men may not see this the same way in the bizarre belief that electric vehicles will harm their image. Dr. Michael Parent, a researcher at the University of Texas at Austin, claims that men who prioritize acting like a real man are more likely to frown on electric-powered cars. So, real men, manly men, don't want to drive these electric vehicles. High-performance gasoline vehicles are instead preferred as a marker of masculinity. He said, raising an alarming and unexpected uncertainty for the efforts against Climate change. Oh, I got to ask Princess Di about this. High-performance gasoline vehicles are instead preferred as a marker of masculinity. And that should raise alarms and create uncertainty for what happens battling climate change. Because men, real men, men, manly men, don't want to drive these EVs. Mm. Oh, it gets worse. Uh, the doctor, his name is Dr. Parent. Dr. Parent says, it wouldn't be a main driver of climate change, but it is one more preventable thing that adds to the pile of issues related to the climate Although the issue could be addressed through advertising, it would probably be better for education to address healthy gender role norms to reduce precarious masculinity in general. That is related to a broad set of negative behaviors, including sexism, homophobia, aggression, and others. So Dr. Parent is upset that not only do you real men, a manly man, real manly men, look down, frown upon these electric vehicles, but also you manly men are engaged in negative sets of behavior anyway. You are sexist, you are homophobic, and you manly men are aggressive. And we can't have that. And you don't like electric cars. What's wrong with you? Men. 
people like high-performance gas vehicles when there are options out there like electric cars? But no, you manly men don't want the electric cars because it offends your toxic masculinity. You want to keep making global warming in your gasoline-powered vehicles because that is like your appendage. You think having a gas-powered car is the equivalent of having a big appendage. And you won't drive the electric cars that are available to you. You, toxic men, you are the ruination of our society. You are stopping us. You are going to destroy the world with your aggressive, sexist, homophobic attitudes. You are to blame. So take that. WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We are coming back. Princess Di will join us the long-awaited return of our beloved princess on WABC with Al Green. Time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. It has been a long time since we have heard the beautiful, glorious tones of Her Majesty, our beloved, and I mean that sincerely, our beloved Princess Di. Your Highness, welcome back to the airwaves. How are you? Sir James, I haven't been able to say that for quite a while, so I'm glad to say it to you on the radio. (laughs) Indeed, Your Highness, it is so wonderful to have you back. And now I'm going to stop all of the gushing and actually get down to business with you because I assume you still have the mistaken belief, and you are the first one, And I've heard this now all, I've been reading about it, I keep reading about it, you are the first one that postulated this, and now you've got a nation of believers behind you that somehow or another, old Joe Biden is going to be thrown out before the convention, and all of a sudden, they're going to go up to Martha's Vineyard, where they, or if, if they don't have a new cook, or go to Hawaii, or go to wherever, and oh, speaking of Hawaii, we'll get to that, and they're going to find out from either Martha's Vineyard, or flyer in from Hawaii, and all of a sudden, they're going to present Michelle Obama, and she is going to be running for president on the Democrat ticket. And do you still believe that nonsense? That do you still believe that's going to? You started this, and do, do you still believe that this is going to happen, or have you finally said, you know, Sir James is right? This will never happen. This is just too bizarre. 
And so are you still holding to the sad belief that it's going to be Gavin Newsom? Let me tell you something. They are upset with the idea that Gavin Newsom is going to uh, uh, the Gavin Newsom is going to be uh, uh, debating Ron DeSantis, and the senior Biden people are beside themselves. It's this is so disrespectful. Why he's awakened alive, and and we're going to put an awakened alive governor. He may be kooky, but you're going to put him up against Ron DeSantis, a de facto debate. No, they're they look. They're worried about it. I, look, I think that Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom, why, why are you why why are you laughing at me, Princess Di? I think that anyone who thinks that a Gavin Newsom has any support within the Democrat Party, I mean, the Biden administration's anger is typical. This is a betrayal. There is no, you know, groundswell of support for Gavin Newsom, Mr. California, Mr. Homeless Encampments Everywhere, Mr. You know, falling apart at every single institutional level. There is no groundswell support among the party. Well, there is for Michelle Obama. In fact, I am looking at a Washington Times report from yesterday, which quotes a new poll, which said if there were to be a competition between Michelle and Joe, she is 48, he gets 36 within the Democrat Party. So this is something that that is what they should be worried about. Is Michelle not Gavin? Your uh, M- Michelle has never indicated that she wants the job, would take the job under any circumstances, and further than that, she is too busy enjoying the high life and doesn't want to stoop to deal <laughs> with this ugly politics, which she detests. This has never been an option in my book. Hey. If you're against the shell, don't go paddle boarding. And <laughs> my warning. All right, <laughs> let me ask. Name. I got another name to throw out for you. I mean, my okay. my theory originally about Michelle, I think, still holds because that is where the strength is in the party, and she would give the Republican nominee a run for his money or her. However, another name to, to put in the mix is the Michigan governor, Gretchen Whitmer. Oh, my gosh, the witch. Really was, really was Joe Biden's first choice for vice president. And she has attitude. She is corrupt. She is as Democrat as the day is long. And if they can't talk Michelle into it, which I think is they're doing the negotiations with her now. What do you want? What's your ask? I think that that uh, Gretchen is another one to, that they are looking at. Just yeah. I, I, now look, I could uh, uh, Princess Di. I could see Gretchen Whit Gretchen. How do you pronounce her last name? Whitmer. Whitmer. I keep calling her Whitmer, and I'm sorry about that. I don't mean it to be <laughs> whatever. No, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not because I've always mistaken her name for Whitmer, and it's Whitmer. Right? Okay. <laughs> I could see them going after her. I didn't think that that woman would be elected, but she swept in. I didn't think uh-huh. she would be reelected. Right? She is she's formidable in that state and she is a proud she, she's yeah. not a wavering democrat. She actually stands out and says right. what she thinks. And and, and in that way 
owner of the Michigan machine politics now. And that is, I mean, you've got Detroit, you've got Muskegon, you've got a lot of centers of Democrat power in that state. And she has, you know, really taken over all of it and the legislature. And the state is fairly conservative, but she has stamped out all those voices. All right, let me go through a few quick things with you. And just get some quick, because it's been so long and there's been so much that I've wanted to ask you about. Your okay. take on the your take on the Republican debates. Oh, my goodness. Well, you didn't tell me we were going to talk about that. Of course. I'm sorry I did not watch it. I saw clips afterwards, but I watched the Tucker-Trump interview. What do you think about that? And I'm glad you didn't watch it, because that says a lot. I forced myself to watch it, and I regretted it. Yeah. Um, that's not where the center of the debate is. And, and you right. know, you've the got center... a They're pretending in the media and in the RNC that, you know, Trump isn't a factor. And he's really the only factor. So by not having him and him not appearing, you know, this was completely useless. And nothing they said there had any lasting impact. It was totally forgettable. The only, you know, headline out of it was DeSantis looking left and right to see if he should raise his hand. Okay, so you nailed that. So perfect. I don't regret asking you. Next one. The indictments. These 91 charges, that, whatever they are, 90-whatever, that, that they piled on to Donald Trump. <laughs> well, you know, he's making hay with it. The mugshots make raising money for him. And that is not going as they planned. I mean, but this they have no plan B to to get rid of this guy and the warfare lawfare mechanism that they're attempting is strengthening him, which is completely they they're baffled by it. They keep trying to talk uh, Trump supporters out of being Trump supporters. But as Rush always said, the only one who can separate Trump from his supporters is Trump himself. And yep. by, by being indicted and being the victim, he has galvanized support because everyone sees who they consider a threat in the deep state, in the deep state. They consider Trump a threat. And so that has really brought his supporters who some of them were looking around to see what else was available. We see who has the right enemies, and that is Donald Trump. All right, and then there's Kevin. Kevin. So Kevin's talking about impeachment. He comes out every week and makes something else to say about impeachment. And today, Kevin, hey, Kevin, Kevin says, today, Kevin says he's not going to open up an impeachment inquiry without a House vote. So. A member of the McPhail team, as I had named them, unfortunately, all three of them, Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, and Rona McDaniel, are still there, the McPhails. And he, the McPhails. Uh, McSpeaker, <laughs> he's, he's talking about the quote in that story that you sent me. If we move forward with an impeachment inquiry, it would occur through a vote on the floor. Okay. So they are thinking about maybe asking themselves about maybe talking about maybe investigate whether they should write a memo, whether they should have a committee here, um, perhaps thinking about impeachment. And and so this is, this is 
this news article where it's like, well, if we have an impeachment, not an impeachment, an impeachment inquiry, which, you know, if they have a vote on whether to have an inquiry and then they have to proceed on whether to have committee hearings. I mean, this whole thing is months and months down the line if they even hold an impeachment. So they're not serious. And I think that it is a wonderful reminder that we cannot look to D.C. in any way to solve any of this that's happening to our beloved country. Okay, Diana, it is time for you and I to discuss Hawaii. (laughs) There were, as you know, horrible, as everyone knows now, Maui got hit with these horrific fires. Tremendous loss of life. The kooks immediately went on parade and started talking about the space lasers and the space lasers they had they had uh they actually had published pictures of a space laser what was supposed to be the space laser hitting Hawaii and setting it all on fire and then after that we got the whoa this is the this is the establishment class in Hawaii Oprah wants all their land and that's why this happened, because this was a well-thought-out thing to get the land in front property, because they don't have enough property, the rich don't. So, no, they had to burn up people and have this horrible tragedy out in Hawaii to get more land for themselves. And I have been beside myself. The governor out there yesterday just went back to this idea that the whole thing was caused by global warming, which has been totally debunked. The Hawaii, the, the power company out there has accepted or at least has stated some responsibility for the downed power lines out there causing these horrific fires. And Princess Di, you and I have apparently a disagreement as to what actually took place on the beautiful island states of the, the one state, many islands of Hawaii. All right. What is your view of hope? Okay. I have a quote that should reassure you. Kevin McCarthy is headed to Hawaii to assess the damage, response, and recovery efforts. He says, we need answers into how this tragic fire occurred and what could have been done to prevent it. So Kevin McCarthy is on the job. He's going to Hawaii weeks later. And so you, who trust the official story, can look to your friend Kevin McCarthy to find out what exactly happened. Meanwhile, the rest of us who are actually reading news reports of what happened are trying to put together, absent official truth, what exactly was done to the people who are victims in Maui. And let me tell you a few of the things. The children were sent home before the fire from school due to winds. There was no water allowed to put out the fires once they started. The warning sirens were not sounded. The police blocked the victims' escape routes. There are now walls and curtains blocking any view of what's going on in the fire area. And there are reports of children still missing. And one of the things that I told you when we talked about this earlier, it has 
a feeling of something, we're not getting the right story. Something is missing. The truth is missing. There, when things unfold, there's a feeling of truth. Truth has, it has a, a sense to it. And I told you, I said, it reminded me of the Las Vegas shooting. Remember the gunman who took, you know, over yes. a couple of floors and then shot people who were at a concert, 50 some odd people were yes. murdered. And there yes. was so much oddness about how that unfolded afterwards as far as who this guy was, how he got the guns where he was. Was he some kind of relation to the intelligence community gone bad? There were too many mysteries. I said, man, this feels like that. And I got to tell you, there is something very weird that I found out. Do you know who the incident commander of the Las Vegas shooting was? His name was John no. Pelletier. Do you know who is the Maui police chief in charge of this whole event? John Pelletier, the same guy who was in charge, the incident commander of Las Vegas, moved to Maui a, a year ago, and he is the police chief there, and he has been the one in charge of the entire investigation, the entire media uh, in, in interaction. The same guy. And I say to you, there is, you know, something else going on. They do not want us to know what the real truth. The stories are so conflicting. What you said was that their the electric company is admitting to down wires. I just read a report where they're not. They said they turned there was one small brush fire and they turned off the electricity. So there is all kinds of arguments and finger pointing as to who is responsible. But I'll tell you this, James, we're not getting the truth. And that's all I'm saying. Well, no, I have been reading news reports, contrary to what you said in the beginning of this. I've been following this in the news. And I must admit, though, you just stunned me with this information about the incident commander. I did not read that. That is chilling. Yeah. I also saw something that was chilling, Diana, and I know you and I happen to agree on this one. I was watching um, a documentary about Wayne Shorter, one of the greatest musicians who ever lived in America, and um, and he his uh, his second wife was on a ill fated an ill fated airline flight. That flight being TWA eight hundred, and she lost her life on that flight. Oh boy. And it reminded me of the discussions that you and I have had over the years about that. Right. Because we never, we have, ne I will just say it, and you can call me a kook. We have never gotten the truth about what happened there, ever. Exactly. Absolutely. And so um, I'm going to reserve any more comment on Hawaii. You have shut it down for the day because it deserves some further investigation. However, I will say this, the space lasers from heaven did not do this. I would agree with now, you on that. I would agree with you. However, okay. you've got to admit that there are wildfires all over Europe, wildfires in Canada, and they, a lot of them have been, quote-unquote, fortified by arsonists. 
who are part of this echo terror movement. Not all of them. Lightning does cause. I mean, there are natural causes of fires. There always have been. But a lot of the, they just arrested in Greece 79 arsonists who, who did similar things, had wildfires in these areas. Italy and Canada have also fingered some arsonists. So I think there's an agenda from the left as well to, to blame global warming, and they are making sure we see these, you know, fires made worse. And I think that on our side, our agenda is just to find out what happened. That's it, the truth. Okay, the truth. Princess Di, time is too short. We have People are asking me questions on text for you. We can't get to them all. Let me just say this to you. You have been missed. Uh, it is so glad to hear your voice. You are loved. You are loved more than you will ever know by this audience and by me. You are loved, and we're so happy to have you back, Princess Di. Oh, back at you, James. Thank you so much. That is our very own beloved Princess Di, Princess of Policy, here on WABC. We're going to head to a break, come back. We've got more of your calls coming up before we get out of here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Birthday today, Rosalind Ashford, from Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. This, of course, one of their biggest hits. We're dancing in the street. And if you find yourself dancing in the street this Labor Day weekend in New York, look up in the sky and wave at the drones that are checking you out while you're dancing in the street. There is good news coming out of Bremerton, Washington. There's a very long story about this, but I, I don't have time to get to the whole story because I want to get your phone calls in. But finally, the coach who had to go through a seven-year battle because he chose to kneel in prayer at the 50-yard line is back. His name is Joe Kennedy, and fans from both teams that were playing cheered as Joe Kennedy knelt in silent prayer for 10 seconds at the 50-yard line, culmination of more than seven years of legal battles that ended with a victory for him at the United States Supreme Court. Kennedy told the Daily Signal, I used to run marathons quite a bit. You never think you're going to get to the end. When you finally see that finish line, that's what tonight was. We finished the race. We did it together, and there's nothing better than keeping the faith. Throughout that, he said, standing by his wife. And he took to the field. This man had lost his job as an assistant football coach at Bremerton High School, 30 miles west of Seattle, 
because he refused to break his covenant that he made with God to take a knee in prayer at the 50-yard line after every football game. said, there's nothing better than America in the Constitution. He said his legal victory proves the Constitution is alive and well. Well, it may be there, but it is under threat in a lot of other places. I don't know whether you know this or not, there's a strike going on in Los Angeles, not just the writers and SAG strike, hotel strikes. Um, It's a rolling strike, hits different hotels, different time. The union, Unite Local 11, said last week that they're going to be boycotting some 60 hotels in L.A. Now, there is a big conference going on. And what the union said, and by the way, it's by a bunch of liberals, too. Um, it is some conference that's, uh, what they're promising guests, they said, here's what we promise you, dirty rooms and nonstop noise for your convention. Great, folks. The economy in L.A. isn't bad enough. So the hotel workers want to make it worse to make sure that no one is comfortable visiting that city. Oh, and here's a little story that we have. I think it's from New Zealand, but it's from across the pond. I'm going to give some of you a little warning. If you've got children in the car, you may want to just turn this one down so that only you can hear it, this particular story today. Okay, if you've got kids lurking about, just just. Turn the radio down just a little bit. Make sure that the little kids can't can't start asking you questions after this little story here. Okay, from across the pond. It was utterly despicable act of cowpulation. Cowpulation. That will tell you where this story's headed. A British man snuck into a farm in the middle of the night and had sex with a cow, but was discovered when he triggered an alarm placed by the animal's wary owner. A DNA sample proved that Liam Brown, 25, had intercourse with the animal in Burton. That's near Dorset. Uh, He sobbed in court when he pled guilty to sexual penetration with a living animal causing unnecessary suffering to a protected animal. His case was held this week, August 25th. The defendant was found by members of the farming family who had concerns regarding the welfare of the young livestock in question set up alarms in the area. On the night in question, they were alerted by alarms and equipment that they had set up with the result that the defendant was found. Subsequently, samples were taken from the animal, confirming, yeah. So, she's a cow. Uh, There's that. And now, turning to other matters, you can turn radio back up. So the kids can now ask you questions about this one. 
uh, kids are still being disrupted by the pandemic. There's a big story today in the AP. Children hardest hit by the pandemic are now big kids at school. Many of them still need help reading. The children have not caught up by being sent and forced to stay home for over a year. And they are suffering. We have time for your telephone calls when we get back. We're going to go to Rapid Phones, which requires, or we ask you, not require, that you get right to your point when you get on. Get in. Get it. Nail it. James Golden Slurdy with you here. Saturday morning radio extravaganza continues right after this. Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Well, ladies and gentlemen, time for your phone calls. Let's get right to it. Get in and get it. Let's start with Robert in Dutchess County. How are you, Robert? I'm doing well. We were talking about Michigan Governor Whitmer, but I wanted to alert everyone that her sister, Liz Whitmer Garrity, is seeking the Democratic nomination uh, for New York's 17th Congressional District. That's for your information. That's the district that Mike Lawler, Republican, flipped away from Sean Patrick Maloney. So the, the problem is the Whitmer virus might be coming to the Hudson Valley. So watch out for that. Thank you. Thank you. Watch out for that indeed. Pete in River Edge, New Jersey, you're up next. Right to your point. Hey, Bo, uh, the thing is, uh, our our country is at a tipping point. The border has got to be closed. I think it. we have to rise up and let Joe Biden and all all the people that think like him that close the border, put the military on the border. Stop it. We can't take it. We'll run, we'll we run can't take any more. Thank you, Pete. We can't take any more. Close that border down. Mickey in New Brunswick, you're up next. James, I want to tell yes. you, I love your southern accent. Please, please keep talking with your southern accent. And I'm trying to stay sane in the same world, James. Thank you. Thank you so much. We shall do that. You know, we haven't had one of our Democrat Party uh, updates from the old South. We'll have to do that soon. Al, in Suffolk County, you're up next. Thank you for waiting, Al. Yes, good morning, sir. I wanted, just wanted to touch on the Proud Boys sentencing that you mentioned earlier. Of course, they're being targeted. All right, they're the direct opposition to the radical left, the militant arm of the Democratic Party, the BLM rioters, and namely the Antifa. So they had to be shut down. They were on their radar. In December 12, 2020, when they took over the streets of Washington, D.C., hundreds, maybe even thousands of Proud Boys and their allies, and they took over the city, and then they burned down the BLM banner. That was the tipping point, and now they're going to go after every single one of them throughout the country. They got Thank you, Al. Shut them down. 
appreciate it. Sandra in New Jersey, you're up next. Sandra, thank you for waiting. Oh, you're welcome. Good morning. I don't know if you spoke about Elon Musk. I woke up a little late, but, you know, the school where his daughter goes turned her against her father, Elon Musk, and she's like a trans, and now she hates her father because he's very, very rich. Uh, you know, if they can get him, they're going to get all of us this woke side. And uh, um, and I, I just want to say, Jack Cedarelli, I hope he becomes our next governor because he really stands for the parents of the schools. He says that we can make it law that school personnel are not to assume the role of the parents. And I think well, that will I'd help love to see that happen. Uh, Sandra, I'd love to see that happen. We did not talk about Elon, and he uh, he's in the news because he's openly criticizing the school for brainwashing his daughter. So thank you for bringing that up. Mary Beth in Long Island, you are up next. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. It was, it was so great to hear Princess die with you again. I just wish her the best. I know she's been through so much. And, James, I wish you the best. That includes the best of health. Love you, and we need you so much. Please take care, all right? Thank you, my darling. Thank you. And I agree with you. We all are just so delighted to hear Princess Diana. Just love her. We just love her. Thank you. Charles in the Bronx, you are up next. Hey, good morning, sir. Uh what you said about uh, solar panels is 1,000% true. I'm an electrical engineer. I know well what these things can do to humans and birds and animals. And uh, you are correct. As far as uh, the climate change, uh, this is common in our planet. 10,000 years ago, in North Africa, that entire area was lush with water. There was a very civilized and advanced uh, black population living there that one time in history, not uh, very far from that time, they had to move east to the Nile River. They, they migrate there. All this has been backed up by the archaeologists of Roma University. You can check Absolutely. For this is absolute history. What we now call the Sahara Desert was once green and lush. What we now call Greenland was called Greenland because it was green, not ice. Climate change has been happening since the world was created by God. Mike in Queens. Thank you, Charles, for that. You're, hi, Mike in Queens. You're up next. I drove Billy Preston. The two gigs at the uh, Blue Note, he invited me in for dinner at the bar and to see the show. He was tremendous. Now, I think he did that because his luggage was lost at the airport. He had no clothing for the gigs. I took him to Barney's on 17th Street. He got two sets of everything for the two shows. In any event, I was flabbergasted. Wow, what a great story. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Tricia in Trumbull, Connecticut, you are up next. James, um, on the Biden impeachment inquiry, I'm all in favor of uh, 
Kevin McCarthy strategically timing it, get all the evidence, time it so that we uh, counteract the all the the uh, Trump court cases, and most importantly, so that we don't get cackling Kamala uh, running the White House, which, in my view, could be even worse. Okay, let me just say this about that. Even if the Republicans do impeach Joe Biden, there's no danger of Kamala Harris running the country. The Senate would have to approve it. They never would. We don't have the votes for it. It would never happen, not at least in this scenario. Joyce in Connecticut. Joyce, you're up next. Thank you. Hi, Paul. I just want to say, you know, I listen to WABC all week. And by Saturday, I'm very tired of hearing the same political stories over and over. And I appreciate that you talk about music, play music, and have some lighthearted stories in there. It makes it a good day. We can't keep talking about the same things over and over. We need a little break. So thank you for giving us a good break. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Joyce. That is so wonderful to hear. I appreciate that. You know, I try to find things in the news that I'm interested in that I think every and from all over the news spectrum. You have no idea how much reading I do. Um, and I'm not saying this to pat on the back. It's just that I have a wide variety of interests and most of us do. So I love hearing from you when you guys bring in stories and thank you for that. Cause I like to bring in things that are different. Rocco, Saratoga, we're running out of time. Want to get you in real yeah. quick. You got it, Bo. You got it real quick. Kudos to your great team there. Just like to say, I'm a manly man. I have a beard. I shower with Irish Spring. I drive a muscle car. No sissy electric cars for me. No, no, Bo. No, muscle. Thank you for that. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our Saturday morning extravaganza in the can. May God bless, protect each and every one of you and your loved ones. We leave you today with Jimmy Buffett on WABC. God willing, be back Monday. See you later. Bye. Drumming my six train on my front porch swing. Smell of shrimp there beginning to boil. Stay.